0: Welcome to the Venture Church podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you so much. And God, we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to meet together and to gather together today, literally all, all throughout the world. And so, Father, we just pray, just like we sang, that God, that we would... Just have confidence in who you are. And, and God, 2,000 years ago when you were on the cross and you said it is finished, God, that was the beginning of the church. And what started then hasn't stopped now. And so, Father, I pray that today that you would speak to us, God, that we would be able to encounter a God that's not dead but a God that is alive. And so, God, we trust you and we had asked that you would meet with us in this moment. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so I want to welcome everybody today, wherever you're gathered. and, And honestly, we have people tuned in all throughout Mississippi, all throughout the United States. But get this, literally different places around the globe. And if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Timmy. And I have the privilege of of serving and leading our student and college ministries here at Venture. And I know uh, for me, and I'm speaking for our entire team, is that we miss being able to see you guys and to be able to be in person with you. But we also know we're just all adjusting to the new norm. And this is kind of the life as we know it right now. And I know Nicole and I, Nicole's my wife and we're trying to figure this out too because we're having to work from home together, and this is totally new. And, and just to be real, is I think I'm driving her crazy because she made this statement to me. She said, "She said, you know, Timmy, it's one thing to be married to you, but it's a totally different thing to be in quarantine with you." <laughs> and I, I uh, I'm still just trying to process that and just act like I didn't hear that statement. Um, but one thing I have loved. Is how our community and how our church has literally like risen to the occasion because it's been amazing to watch. It kind of reminds me if you think back to, you know, 9-11 or Hurricane Katrina if you're from the south. In the aftermath of that, like people rallied together, the neighborhoods came together and we were just literally meeting all the needs that we could meet. It looks a little bit differently now with social distancing, but it has been incredible to watch. And so I, what I want to do is just highlight a few of them. And so I got a couple of pictures I would like to show you. And the first picture is of just a group of people out in the community. And they're out in the community. They're practicing social distancing. Okay, okay. But they're out serving, delivering food, and we've had the opportunity to be able to pack over 500 different food boxes. Businessmen and leaders and restaurant owners have been donating food. It's been amazing to see. And another picture I'd love for y'all to see is, is a, a picture of some people wearing some medical masks because there's been a team of people at all of our campuses that have been making these masks and it has just been remarkable. They've made over a thousand of these and delivered them to hospitals throughout South Mississippi. But the very last picture I'd like for you to see is honestly my favorite. And you'll be able to see this picture and in the bottom of this picture, you'll see uh, these, this woman's hands. And you might think, well, Timmy, what's so special about this picture? Well, I want you to look at her hands. These are hands of an 83-year-old woman. An 83-year-old woman That realizes that she still has a calling on her life. And in the midst of this global pandemic, God, like she has not backed down, but she stepped up to the plate and she's leveraging her gifts and her abilities to serve her community. And that's humbling. But yet at the same time, that's encouraging and that's motivating. And it's been so good to watch all of this play out. Because one truth that we've seen throughout this global chaos is this, is that chaos has a way of peeling back the layers of our life and exposing who we are at the core. I mean, just think about it. Four weeks ago, (laughs) your life and my life, it was rolling a million miles an hour. And I mean, we were just rolling, so busy, like our life was on autopilot. But now all of a sudden, life has kind of come to a little bit of a screeching halt. And all the craziness, maybe even all the distractions have been removed. And we're really able to focus on what matters most. And that's what I want to talk about today, is that your core beliefs are going to guide you through this chaos. And what do I mean by that? Your core beliefs, like what you believe about God and who God is, those core beliefs are going to be the things that guide you and me through this global chaos. It's what we believe to be true about God Almighty. And that's why we're starting this series today. And this series is called Haywire. And it's how to respond in faith when life is chaotic. And I think it's safe to say that your life is chaotic. And my life is a little bit chaotic right now. And so we're going to be looking today in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. And so if you would go ahead and turn there or pull out your iPad, whatever it is, and go ahead and get to Acts chapter 4. And I love this passage because Acts chapter 4, it gives us a glimpse into literally the launch of the, the very first church. It's like the launch, like the beginnings of the very first church. And we're here today today because of the faithfulness and the things that we see right here in Acts chapter four. But I want us to really look at the perspective of the disciples, especially Peter and John, because that's who we'll be reading about. And think about it. These guys, they were eyewitnesses to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And where we read this in this passage, it's only like 50 days after all of that had taken place. But the one thing I want you to notice is this. Watch how their core beliefs, like what they believe to be true about God, watch how those beliefs guided them through this chaotic situation that they were in. And so basically where we pick up today is that Peter and John, they just got done sharing the good news with some people. And they actually healed a guy who was was lame, who was paralyzed from birth. And they got arrested, thrown in jail. And here we are, this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 4. Starting in verse seven. And it says, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. So they were kind of like put on trial. By what power or what name did you do this? Did you heal this man? And then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame, and are being asked like how he was healed, he said, then know this. He's about to start preaching. He says, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Hello. He says, by that name that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone and salvation is found in no other and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And I love this because what we see right here is that they believe, Peter and John, they believe at their core, that Jesus is Lord. I mean, they were eyewitness to the the death, burial, and resurrection. But you know what they also believed? That it was through the power of Jesus that this man was healed. It was through that power. And I want you to watch how this played out. Because then when they got put on trial, guess what? They didn't have to defend themselves. The only thing they did was they spoke what they believed to be true. And that's the first thing that we see today is that our beliefs need to start to guide our conversations. Like what we really believe to be true about God, those things need to start to guide our conversations. Because here's the thing, typically when we talk about the power of our words, um, you know, we, we hear things along the lines of, you know, your words have power to, to build people up and to tear people down. And that is true. Like your words have the power to encourage people and your words have the power to destroy people. We've all been, you know, fortunately and unfortunately on the receiving end of those words. But what about in the midst of global chaos? How can our words start to guide our conversations? Well, here it is, is that your words have the ability to create more fear and panic and also have the ability to create a a sense of peace and a sense of calmness in the midst of all of this. And so here's the thing is is I'm with you, is I know that our world is just scared. I mean, if we can just be honest, and I think everybody right now has a sense of panic and a little bit of anxiety that's going on. And and, and it's not just us here in the United States or South Mississippi. I literally called some friends from across the globe, from Honduras to, you know, Dominican Republic to Indonesia to Nepal and different places. And I was asking them, like, hey, how are y'all? Like, what is going on? And they said the same thing that you would say. Man, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know how all this is going to play out. And I know from a wife, it's the same thing. And so when she's on like Facebook, I mean, when she's on Facebook and she hears and sees some news article, the way her brain works, it's like she can go a million miles an hour, you know, down the, the path of the unknown. And I have to step into that because it's just generating more fear and more anxiety and more panic. And so we have to step into those conversations and to say, like, calm down for a second. Let's back up and think about what we believe to be true. What do we believe to be true about God? Is that he is still in control and that he's with us every step of the way and that all of this chaos that we're in, that God is somehow gonna turn it for good. And so we have to let what we believe to be true to start to guide our conversations. And I want you to see what happens when we start to do that. And we're going to pick up right here in verse 13. And this is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And it says this, When they saw the courage, hello, of Peter and John, they realized that they were just unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. (laughs) And I mean, I love that. Like, did you see the text literally said that they were just unschooled, ordinary people, but it was very obvious and very clear that they had spent some time with Jesus. And I mean, don't you want that to be true of you? Like, I know for me, I would love for someone to be able to say, like, hey, you know that Timmy guy? (laughs) I mean, there's nothing special about him. But one thing is clear is that he has spent some time with the Lord. I mean, I'm not saying they can say that right now, but... Man, what a compliment because this is what happens. The more time that we spend in the word and more time we spend with God, guess what? It's going to result in courage. And that's exactly what happened for Peter and John. And so here we are is this, is that our beliefs will give us confidence and courage. Let me back up. Our beliefs will give us confidence to live a courageous life. And so my question for you today is, what is your confidence in? I mean, is it in the stock market? Because it's plummeted. And if your confidence was in the stock market, then it's pretty shaken right now. And I'm not downplaying it. I know people have lost lots of money. Is your confidence maybe in your job or career? Because for everybody right now, that's a little bit shaken as well. And so what is your confidence in? And what I want to do is I want to give you a glimpse into a a medical team that was stationed in New York City, and I want you to see where their confidence is. Your faith, oh God. No other faith but the name of Jesus, God. We're seeking your faith, oh God, to bring divine healing from heaven, God, upon every sickness, God, every disease, God, in this house. So many people are suffering, God, because they can't be with their families, God. They're lonely, they're dying alone, God. And so I think it's very clear where their confidence is. Their confidence was in God Almighty. And it's given them the courage to live out their faith. And some people would look at me right now and say, you know what, Timmy? You know, that, that's, that's just a foolish faith. And I would say, no, 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 no. That's fearless faith in the midst of global chaos. That's what that is. And I know for a lot of us that, that maybe our confidence has been a little bit rattled and our confidence in God has been shaken. And so if you don't mind, I just want to remind you really quick, of the power of the God that we serve. Because it was the power of God that created the heavens and created the earth. It was the power of God that that formed a covenant with Abraham and and gave Abraham and Sarah this miracle baby because they were at the age of a hundred. It was the power of God that delivered the Israelites out of bondage from, from the Egyptians. It was the power of God that parted the Red Sea and the people of God walked through on dry land. It was the power of God that allowed manna to come down from heaven to provide for his people. And then it was the power of God that brought the people of God into the promised land and broke down the walls of Jericho. And it was through this same power that Jesus came into this world and born of a virgin and he put on flesh and bones and he lived life among us. And it was through this same power that Jesus had the ability to heal the blind and to heal the paralyzed and to heal those with leprosy. And it was through this same power. Remember when Jesus walked up to Lazarus's tomb and he said, Lazarus, come out. And it said that the dead man came out. And it was through this same power, through the power of God that transformed my life at the age of 19 and brought me from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. It was this same power that's healed so many people's marriage. And so here's the thing. And it was this same God that died our death that carried our cross. And it was the same God that went into our tomb. But what we celebrated last week at Easter, it was that on the third day, through the power of God, Jesus defeated death and he defeated the power of hell. And right now he has ascended into heaven. He is sitting on his throne in heaven where he rules and he reigns and he is in control. I can promise you that. And so when we can just get a fresh reminder of who God is and our confidence is in that God, you and I, we will live a courageous life. And I want you to see the result of this is that when we have confidence in God and we believe God is who he says he is, and I want you to watch what happens when God, that belief starts to guide our conversations. And it gives us courage to live out our faith. I want you to see the result of that. And that's where we pick up right here. And we're going to pick up in verse 14. It says this, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with Peter and John, they, there was nothing that they could say. So they, so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin so that they could talk among each other. And they, they said, what are we going to do? With these men, they said, like, every, everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they've performed a notable sign. <laughs> and we can't deny it. But watch this. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in the name of Jesus. And so, like, what is this thing that they were referring to? Well, I'm so glad you asked because this thing that they were referring to is called the church of the living God. It was the Jesus movement that started 2000 years ago and is continuing on today. And I'm here to get to, to tell you is that there's nothing that can stop the church of the living God. Nothing, no coronavirus, nothing can stop God because watch this, when our beliefs in God start to guide our conversations and to give us courage, guess what? The church will explode. The church will explode. And that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts with Peter and John and the disciples. And they were in mass persecution and mass chaos. And so you would think, you would say, you know, to me, like I would think the persecution would destroy the church, but the opposite is true. It was, the, it was the persecution that provided the greatest platform for the proclamation of the greatest news in the world that Jesus is Lord. And it's when the pressure comes and when the persecution comes that God uses that to expand the church. And I believe that's exactly what's gonna happen here. In the midst of COVID-19, I believe God's gonna use this global pandemic to bring about a global revival. And I would just pray that you would pray that with me because I believe we serve a God that has the ability to take evil and to turn it for good. And if God could take a, a global evil and to turn it for good, you know what we will see? We will see a global revival. And I cannot wait. And I pray that's what happens. And so in closing, just a few very, very practical things that you and I can take away is, is this. is We need to start speaking truth into conversations. Don't fuel the conspiracy. Speak truth. Lean into conversations and start speaking truth about what you know to be true about God. The second thing that we can do is this, is we have to make a switch from the global news to the good news. I, I know you don't want to hear that, you know, get off a of fake book and all that type stuff and have some FaceTime with God. But here's the thing, the more we're in the good news and the more we start to learn about the character of God, the more confidence we're going to have in God. And the more confidence we have in God, guess what? The more courage that we're going to have. And the last thing is this, is we need to move from isolation into community. And if you're interested in getting plugged into any of our groups, we can make that happen. Just just reach out to us. And so I'd love to pray for us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, we trust you. And God, we don't say that lightly or lightheartedly, but God, we trust you. And God, we're doing all that we can do in the midst of this global chaos. And so God, we're asking that you would intervene and God, that you would have mercy. And so Father, we just pray that as as the people and as the church, that our confidence in you would grow. And as our confidence in you grows, God, that we, we would be able to take that confidence and use it to guide our conversations of what we believe to be true about you, to let that guide our conversations and to God, to let that give us courage in the midst of this. And so Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for the opportunities that we have. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.